want to start by asking you a question. Where did your mental health journey begin? Who was there supporting you? The journey for many people, and maybe you too, begins with finding a therapist. When you find a therapist who resonates with you, that can accelerate your ability to grow and progress. What was important for me personally was finding a seasoned therapist, someone who had lived multiple lifetimes and could speak to the ups and downs of life. So how do you know what you need in a therapist? And most importantly, I'd call somebody and either they wouldn't pick up or they were full. How do you get a potential therapist to call you back? Around early September, I got somebody. She wasn't a therapist of color, but she's like, call me back in December. I should have an opening then. And I'm like, what? And so kept looking for a little bit and still can't find anyone. And so December, I called her back. She's like, oh, my God, you're still looking. I'm like, yep. Around December, we had our first session. Finding a therapist is a tricky process, even for a psychologist with a PhD. I am Dr. Charmaine Jackman. People call me Dr. J, Dr. Charmaine. I am a licensed psychologist. I had focused my career on children and adolescents and communities of color. But about five years ago, I got really inspired to pursue entrepreneurship in a very different way. And that was through founding a company that really is focused on disrupting racial inequities in mental health. And we used to work together in Boston. When did you intern? Uh, 2006, maybe? A couple years after I started there. So that's been a long time. It has been decades upon decades. It's really nice to just connect with you. I know so much growth has happened. These roadblocks to finding a therapist led Dr. Jackman to create a directory that specializes in helping people connect with therapists of color. It's called InnoPsych. As a therapist, I could not have imagined how frustrating, challenging, difficult the process of finding a therapist of color was. And I knew that if I'm a therapist and I was having a challenge, the average person who was interested in therapy after they gone through all the back and forth about whether this is a thing for them and they came up on a process like I did, I knew people would be turned off from the process and that could lead to really potentially harmful outcomes and even fatal. And so I just got really excited to be able to do something about it. This week on the podcast, we're going step by step to break down how to find a therapist. We'll talk about how you can understand your own needs, the different types of therapists and therapies, and how to navigate terminating your relationship with a therapist. This is the Turning Points Podcast, a show about navigating mental health, sponsored by Point32 Health. I'm your host, Francis Lease. So before you even start looking for a therapist on a resource like InnoPsych or Psychology Today, let's back up. How do you know when it's the right time to start working with a therapist? I think they're like three steps. There's a pre-work that you have to do when you're looking for a therapist. And I think the first step is coming to that decision for yourself that this is a resource that you want to try out. We get a lot of messages, particularly in communities of color, but I think everyone gets messages about what therapy is or isn't, right? And there's a lot of stigma around it. And so probably some people have gotten messages that this is not for us. It costs too much. People are going to try to change you or do something that you don't want to do. And that's not truth. Even starting by unpacking some of those messages you had about therapy could be helpful. 
I think the other piece is then looking at if you have health insurance through your work, you want to look at whether they cover mental health and how they cover it. What is it going to cost you? That is a reality of our healthcare system, unfortunately. But so looking to see what that might cost you, will your insurance cover it? Or are you going to have to pay out of pocket? I think that's something to consider because there are definitely different financial options that you could use in accessing the service. So that's some of the pre-work, right? And then comes the search. I think a place to start is if you feel comfortable asking people around you who have seen a therapist, do they have anyone they recommend? It doesn't mean that if they had a good experience that you're going to have the same experience because you're likely working on different things, but it's a good place to start. Your starting point doesn't always need to begin with a crisis. I would say that most people will go when there is a problem. And we find that communities of color tend to seek therapy when things are really, really bad. They're not coming in when things are like miles. They're coming in when there's a crisis. A lot of people are not seeing this as a routine, like maybe they will do their annual check with their doctor. You don't have to wait till there's a problem, that it can actually be a really helpful process, help you unpack. Maybe there's a pattern that you're noticing for yourself, family relationships that you want to just interrogate and unpack a little bit. I look at therapy the same way I look at our physical health. That's Celeste Vissier also known as Celeste the Therapist. I'm a therapist based out of Boston. I've been in private practice uh, since 2015, and I really enjoy helping people get unstuck. What I do essentially is help people understand their story, make connections to their present, so they can really start to live a life of purpose. She says we should think of mental health as health. They recommend getting a yearly physical and a checkup if you need it, right? I don't think people question, like, should I get a checkup for people that are thinking about this therapy for me? If you're always feeling stuck, if you don't feel like you have control over your life, if you feel like everything is happening to you, those are really good signs to think like, you know what, let me talk to somebody to get a second opinion or to be able to process. I tell people not looking at therapy as a one-size-fits-all, but looking at it as if you're looking for a pair of shoes. Like a lot of people don't buy their first pair of shoes. Some people do, and it all depends, but not looking at it as a failure either because some people's therapy styles don't work for everyone. I don't think there's enough talked about when it comes to looking for therapists because people are just like, go get a therapist. You're struggling, get a therapist, but they're not talking about the nuances and the and the struggle that it takes. And so you think you're doing it all wrong when you can't find a therapist or you find a therapist and you're like, nothing's happening. I don't feel any different. And unfortunately, some people stay in therapy, even though they don't feel like they're getting anything out of it. And so really thinking about being okay with expressing your needs when you are in therapy. And if it's not working, it's not a bad thing. It's just not working. It's not your shoe size, right? It's not your style. And and that's okay. So we've talked about the pre-work. We've talked about the different reasons why you might want to start therapy. But how can we overcome challenges in our way to finding a therapist? There are some unique challenges when finding a therapist for underserved communities. Can you just speak on what some of those challenges are and what resources are available to overcome them? When I went into private practice and tried to get on some of the public platforms for insurance where I know the underserved community was using, there was a lot of red tape for me. So for people that are having a hard time finding a therapist, 
I want you to know like you're not doing anything wrong. I feel like the system is broken for people in the lower socioeconomic status. And so I always challenge people to start where they are, use what they have if they're running into red tape. Definitely try your outpatient clinic, call your insurance, ask them for a list of people that are in network that may be able to take them. Also, Psychology Today is a great platform where you can look and search by insurance. And then while you're waiting to have that therapist, you know, podcasts like this are great to help listen to other stories. Journaling is a great tool. Motivational videos. Moving your body is great. Three things I'm always talking to people about as they're trying to navigate the system and they're in this whole pattern of finding a therapist, because I don't want you to think therapy is the only way or the one thing that's going to get you there, like paying attention to what you're feeding yourself, moving your body and your sleep. Try to work on those three things and also just adding little things to your life, whether it's listening to something, whether it's talking. Support groups are great. They have free support groups. NAMI is a great organization that's national where they have free groups and they're online. There's a lot of online platforms that offer that kind of support. I would definitely say, yes, it's a huge problem in our system, but also don't get stuck in the barrier of the problem. I also want to recommend folks, even if they find themselves, they're still waiting. I want to encourage someone to not allow that to stop them from at least getting started because some people might hold on while everything around them is sort of falling apart. As you're scanning a therapist directory on your insurance's website, Psychology Today, InnoPsych, or any other directory, you might notice there's so many types of therapies and therapists. So let's break it down. I think one of the things to know is that there are lots of therapists out there. We have different types of training and different types of approaches to how we support you in your journey. I think about anxiety, depression. A CBT approach is really great. Gives a lot of practical approaches. Celeste takes a CBT approach. CBT means cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's a lot of talk around the thoughts and how you're feeling and what you're thinking. Really being mindful of when you're talking about the things that you're going through, that you're being heard and validated and not feeling like you're not thinking about it the right way. DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, this is another one where people who may need more hard skills, where action-oriented, these are really great tools. Even though I consider myself a CBT therapist, I bring in different scopes of practice. I'll bring in somatic work, meaning the body. Like I bring the body into our session where we're talking about how you feel like, because I believe that if we're going to work on healing, we got to look at our full self. I got to look at like your environment, your background, your trauma. How's your body responding? What are you thinking? EMDR is a form of a somatic therapist where they've gone through trauma and it's like an eye rapid movement. It's a short-term therapy, probably like eight weeks, but you bring up an event and they tell you to move your eyes and you work on integrating your trauma to your present so you're not creating the separation from your life. I don't think people realize there are people that focus more on the body because we do hold trauma in our body. We can't outthink the trauma in our body. Be okay with looking and exploring other avenues. CBT, DBT, EMDR. These are just a few different modalities that therapists can specialize in. 
There are also different types of therapists. Psychiatrists tend to prescribe medication. Some do therapy, some don't. Social workers have kind of a more systems-wide perspective, which I really love. Marriage and family therapists focus a lot on family systems and marriage and couples. So I think there are definitely different things that each discipline um, brings. There are strengths and there are maybe drawbacks to each. I don't want you to get... As someone looking in the process, bogged down with the different types, that one of the things you often see on directories, they often will give a description of kind of how they practice and how they work. That's the first sense of their vibe or what they're going to be doing when you work together. If you feel excited about how this person is describing their work and how they work with you, then yeah, put them on your yes list. One of the things I recommend is when you are looking for a therapist, try to pick two to three people that you are interested in and then reaching out to them for a consult, which is a brief session. Maybe it's 15 minutes where they talk a little bit about their style. They may hear a little bit about what you're looking for and really feel empowered in that process. Have they worked with people from your cultural background? Have they worked with the particular issue that you're interested in unpacking with them? I would say therapy is like dating a little bit. It's the vibe that you're going to get from this person. And it's more about their experience and their experience in helping people who have similar issues that you're trying to work through. Some of the websites out there, like InnoCite, we really try to make some of that process of the search much easier so it doesn't feel overwhelming because it can feel overwhelming. How can people self-assess themselves to know what specific therapeutic needs that they would need? I think that people come into therapy for one thing (laughs) and end up staying for others, (laughs) right? So what is the thing that you want to bring? It's the thing that maybe is causing the most disruption in your life. It's impacting the way you're functioning. Maybe it's impacting your sleep or your eating, right? It may be the thing that's front of mind for you. And we call it the presenting problem or the presenting concern. And knowing that that may lead you to want to explore patterns that you have in relationships or some early experiences that you had that's actually connecting back to how you're showing up right now. When you're clear with your goals and needs, you gain a better understanding of what you want in a therapist. Now it's time to date around, not literally, but the process of finding a therapist can feel like dating. You each have different expectations, ways of operating, even senses of humor. There's a lot of questions you can ask to decide if what a potential therapist can provide meets your needs. The first session is always the hardest. You may feel anxious, you may feel overwhelmed, and that's okay. I think one good question is, how do you help people achieve their goals? What are some of the things that you do? What is your approach? And that they may talk about it from their theory or their theoretical model. And then you're listening to see, does this resonate with me? Have you worked on this particular issue? Have you been successful? And what actually do you do? What does it look like in the session? I think you can be honest in that process. We are not going to get offended if you say, actually, I don't think this is for me. Because we also want to work with people who we know we can support and help. I often tell people, this is how I work, right? I like to give homework. There are going to be assignments that you have to do. Is this going to work for you? And we want to identify what is the first thing you want to work on, right? What is that goal that you want to really start to tackle? And that treatment plan, that goal setting, that's going to guide our work together. That's going to make sure that as a therapist, I stay focused on what change you want to make and help you to stay focused on that goal as well. We are not in the business of changing you. 
any change you're making, you're saying, this is something I want to change and we're going to help you on that process. The power is always in the client's hands. It is in you. You are the expert on your life. We're just here as guides to help support you. But the goals are really important. The treatment plan is our accountability with each other. With Innocyke, Dr. Jackman has been helping Black people and people of color find therapists that resonate with their needs. She has suggestions about navigating the nuances of looking for a therapist as a person of color. We've been doing some research at InnoPsych, and I would say probably about 90% of people want someone who is from a similar cultural background. But there are people out there who are open. And I think one of the reasons we started InnoPsych was we wanted people to have a choice, right? We wanted people to have a choice. And sometimes there are people who say it's not what background they are, just so long as when I enter that space, I can discuss the things that are important to me and that I don't feel microaggressions or overt racism in that space. Because I've had people who disclose having those type of experiences in the therapy space. I think it's really important to ask about their experience in working cross-culturally, asking, you know, have you worked with a Black woman before? Have you worked with a Black male or Latinx male? Insert your identity in there. And if they say no, it doesn't mean they can't work with you, but you want to just ask some further questions. And if they exhibit discomfort in your question, that's a strong indicator that they're not going to be able to tolerate you bringing anything connected to your identity in the space. Even asking that question and how people respond will give you a really good insight into their capacity of engaging in that work with you. You might be as pointed as, what's your experience working with people who've experienced racism in their workplace? Or, you know, again, depending on the issue that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's an email, right? However that feels comfortable for you. I will also remind you that therapists are humans. We are not perfect, and you may not feel like you're a perfect fit with your therapist. That's okay. And if I'm being honest, it's part of the process. A survey of 2,000 people conducted by one poll in partnership with MindStrong for Mental Health Awareness Month found that people go through three therapists before finding someone who resonates with them. If something's not working and you are able to talk to that therapist to say this thing isn't working, that's a good sign. Some people may have egos, but if they're listening to you and they're working on fixing the issue, that's good. Make sure that you feel validated in sessions. When it comes to finding a therapist and you're in therapy, make sure that you're comfortable, right? There are some things where you may not be comfortable with talking about, but if you feel yourself holding back everything and you're not really like talking about the real stuff, you're really wasting your time. There may be some parts of your life that you don't want to go into and that's okay. But if you're not sharing like most of the things that is coming up for you, then you may not be comfortable and it may not be a good fit. But give a little bit of what you're dealing with and how someone would help you work through it. And I would think about what it is that I want to get out of therapy. Like, what am I trying to work on? And just asking if this is something that you feel that you can work with. It's important to... Just put those questions out there at the beginning. What are some red flags that people, if they see these red flags, they should run for the hills? I want to start with saying therapists are human, but if your therapist is forgetting your name, if your therapist is forgetting your situation and mixing you up with other people, 
if your therapist is always canceling or not even canceling and you're having to say, hey, what happened to you? And I know therapists are overwhelmed, but they have to be a little bit more proactive and be mindful of their bandwidth and not overpack their schedule. But on your part as a client, if you're running into some of these red flags, if you're comfortable, you could point it out like, hey, you know, I have noticed the last few times you've rescheduled or I had to reach out. And if you're not comfortable, that's totally fine as well. If people come from backgrounds where fortunately it's easy for them to stay in that situation and not realize that they're not being treated well. Your therapist should be meeting with you at the time they schedule. Things come up and if they're not rescheduling and if it's becoming a habit, if they're falling asleep in session, it's okay to not go. Especially if you have certain relational patterns. And if you find yourself replaying some of those relational wounds with your therapist, that could be a tall tale sign, especially if boundaries start becoming blurred or you're finding like unsolicited advice from therapists or maybe there's a level of codependency there, but there needs to be very clear boundaries. And some of those boundaries hopefully were stated in the beginning of therapy. When you said unsolicited advice, that's so important because when it comes to talking to your therapist, if there's certain things that are important to you, let's say your sexual orientation or your religion and saying, is this going to be a problem, right? Because unfortunately, sometimes therapists will put their values on you. And we're not here to give you advice. We're here to listen, help you process and help you make connections. What are your thoughts about while we're on this topic where a client shares a personal story? And I think it's appropriate for a therapist to have an emotional response. But is there a point where the emotional regulation might be inappropriate for a therapist? Yeah, I think if you're starting to console your therapist <laughs> in session, that's not good. <laughs> and unfortunately, sometimes they got some work to do. I've heard stories of the client feeling like they became their therapist support system. But yeah, that's really bad. And then there is the so-called breakup. In the therapy world, we call this termination. It sounds a little dramatic, I know, but this doesn't need to be a dramatic situation. You can terminate for many different reasons. Let's first hear from Dr. Jackman. How might someone understand when their therapy journey is coming to a close? I've worked a lot to really decolonize my therapy process and kind of remove that hierarchy that's inherent in the therapy process. And so in my opening, when I talk about my services and how I work, I tell people, if this process doesn't feel right for you, it's okay. I can help you connect to other therapists. I'm not going to take it personally. And I think it can be hard at first if you're not used to therapy to say that someone like, I don't like when you did this. But trust me, we are trained to take all types of feedback. And it's on us to also bring up that conversation with you. Like, how's this going? What's not working? Let's have a conversation. In terms of ending the therapy relationship, so when you're creating your treatment goal, there's usually time associated with how long you're going to work on the particular goal for. And I've had clients where we work on something, they go away, and then they come back maybe a few months later or a year later because something else has come up. There can be a plateau in traditional talk therapy, and it's okay to pivot. We all have guides on this path. And sometimes at some point, those guides have taken us as far as they could take us. 
and be open to finding somebody else that could take you in another direction because your values might have changed over the last couple months that you've been working with this therapist. Your belief systems might have changed. Your whole life might have shifted. And this current therapist is not meeting my needs. And we've done really great work together. And then begin to explore, okay, what else was it that I need? Therapists should not feel any personal assault. And I'm going on record for this. <laughs> if they have any personal feelings about you saying, actually, this is not working for me and I'd like to try something else, that's on them. That's right, Dr. Jackman. A therapist should remain professional. I asked Celeste the same question. How do you feel when you're on the journey with your own client and your client is ready to end the work that you do together? How do you feel about that process? For me, it's a great thing because they're healing, right? They're getting to the point where they're seeing their power. Therapists have to have that mindset if they're wanting to decrease or they're doing better. I know everybody doesn't have that kind of mindset, but that's just where I'm at as a therapist. And I think what you said is important because the goal is not to be in therapy for the rest of your life, right? Celeste and Dr. Jackman dropped some wisdom in this episode. As we're wrapping up, they wanted to leave you with their final pieces of advice. Doing your homework, interviewing two or three people, and really owning that this is a process that I'm looking to get for myself and that you have the power, like you're the interviewer in that space, right? You're not a passive participant. You're an active participant in the space. And the first couple sessions may feel awkward because we're asking a lot of questions. So give it three to four sessions before you decide. <laughs> the same for me. <laughs> if you're feeling like, oh, she's a cool person, but I don't feel like I'm getting helped, name that in the process. I think that just remembering that this is for you, this is for your benefit, and you get to decide. You are driving the bus in this situation. I would just tell people, have grace with yourself during this process. I think that we can be our biggest bullies because we're with ourselves all the time. And so if that inner voice is negative, it's hard to heal. Taking it one day at a time as you're looking for a therapist and if you're in therapy and not sure how it's going or if you're not sure if this is working, you need to start over, like it's okay. I think the goal should be how do I make my today better than yesterday? And so just going back to the drawing board, having grace, and being very patient with yourself. If you can be patient with yourself and know that you're not alone. And I think the conversation we had today for people that are looking for therapy or may have realized like therapy isn't working, I think it'll give them a lot of validation and hope and understanding of what's happening. Our guests said it best, be an active participant and have grace. This can be a daunting process, what can start as a search on your insurance's website for a therapist could lead to groundbreaking changes in your life. Know that there are resources and people in your corner, and the process of healing is worth going through these hurdles. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Join us next week when we have a panel conversation about challenges to finding culturally appropriate care for mental health. I would say that a lot of the cultural values I know of Philippine culture promote a sense of togetherness. Specifically, there are a couple of phrases in Tagalog like kapwa. Kapwa means togetherness, shared self. And like, I am not me without you. 
And I think that idea that mental health can be promoted by people being connected and like supporting one another, I think is one thing that makes me feel like I am not alone. Follow Turning Points wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. If you found this episode helpful or meaningful, please leave us a rating, review, or even tell a friend about the show. It really helps get the word out. Visit globe.com forward slash turning points for more information on mental health care and resources. Thanks to our production team at Pod People and Fuse, Amy Machado, Brian Rivers, Danielle Roth, Michael Aquino, and Shay Woditz. And special thanks to Point32 Health, the Studio B team at Boston Globe Media, and Hill Holiday. Point32 Health is committed to connecting the community to personalized solutions that empower healthier living. Thank you.